Welcome to episode 23 of the CPA Exam Experience podcast from Superfast CPA. I'm Nate, and in today's episode, this will be a solo episode of me going through the seven habits of highly effective CPA candidates. Yes, this podcast or this episode is modeled after the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. That's a book that I've probably read over 20 times. I first read it when I was early in college. It might have even been when I was in high school. I'm not really sure. But every couple years, I come back to it and read it again. If you haven't read it, it's one of the best books out there on improving yourself and being an effective person. Shouldn't be a surprise based on the title. And I've adapted the seven habits slightly for this episode because the last three or habits, four, five, and six, are typically involving other people or how you interact with other people. And the CPA study process or taking the CPA exams is different than most things where it's pretty much 100% a solo venture. You're the person, you're the only person that's going to walk in there and take the exams on test day. And so it just comes down to your own personal process. Now, before we get into the seven habits, you will hear me mention lightly some of our study strategies, our CPA study process that we teach to our clients and customers. The best place for you to start by learning those for free is one of our free one-hour trainings. These are in webinar format. They're on certain days of the week. Each session is limited because it is in webinar format. And so to see the upcoming times where you can watch one of these free training sessions, you can go to superfastcpa.com slash pass now, or just text the word pass now as one word to 44222, and we will send you back a link to register for one of these trainings. What I always say about these is two things. You're going to learn how to get more done in two hours following this format using any review course, by the way. So whatever review course you have, it really doesn't matter. You apply these strategies to your current review course and you'll learn how to get get more done in two hours than the average CPA candidate can get done in four to five hours studying the normal way. And when you watch the training and we walk through the process, it will become very clear and make sense why that is the case. The second thing I always say about these training sessions is this is one hour that will literally save you months and months of time and probably hundreds of dollars from avoiding failing sections. Therefore, you get done with the entire CPA process much faster because, of course, every failed section is adding on another two to three months for how long it takes you to finish all four exams. So again, to sign up for one of these free sessions, just go to superfastcpa.com. It's easy to find a link there or text Pass now one word to 44222. So now let's get into the seven habits of highly effective CPA candidates. Starting with habit number one, this is the same, this is exactly what's listed in the book, the seven habits book. The first habit is be proactive. This habit is directly applicable. I don't really need to alter it in any way for it to apply to the difference between a highly effective person in general or a highly effective CPA candidate. The way that I understand this idea being proactive is that no matter what happens to you, no matter what your circumstances are and the events that happen to you, they don't define the results that you get in life or with the CPA process. 
you make things happen, you find a way, basically, is, is the idea. You find a way to make it happen. Whatever your goal is, you find a way to get it done. It's a no excuses type of mindset. And what I always talk about, and we have you know a video on this in our training videos, making the all-in commitment. Everything revolves around your goal of passing your exams. And at some point, and this is something you'll hear if you've listened to any of the past interview podcasts where we're talking to CPA candidates who have recently passed their exams, they will kind of talk about how they got to this point. The proverbial, I got to the point that, and what they mean is, you know, they tried, sometimes it was for a few months, sometimes it was a year or more, and eventually they just realized, okay, this is going to take kind of a next level of commitment type of thing. I'm going to have to stop watching, you know, TV shows late at night, whatever it is. It just takes that next level of commitment to really make this happen. And so that is the first habit, being proactive. You are always using your time wisely. You think through your day. You set up your daily routine in such a way that it, everything you do supports your main goal of fitting in your study sessions each day, studying from your phone whenever you can to constantly be racking up extra study time. You're doing whatever you could possibly do to give yourself the best odds of passing on test day. Going on to habit number two in the book, it's the same, it's, it's called the same thing. He talks about how you begin with the end in mind. Now, of course, the what he's talking about is you need to have your long-term goals nailed down. And the example he gives is a lot of people just spend their lives climbing ladders in different ways. And, you know, that's just accomplishing minor goals. Maybe they're even major goals. But there's no point in climbing all these ladders if they're leaning against the wrong wall. You know, you get to the top and it's a place that you really didn't want to be or it's a different place than you really wanted to be. Now, the way that I would translate this to the CPA process or the CPA exams in general is our study process. So beginning with the end in mind, the example I'm going to use is on test day, you have to go in and answer questions and fill out simulations, okay? And so, again, if you're familiar with our study process, that is what you spend 80% of your time doing, is filling out multiple choice questions over and over, filling out practice sims, and you're using those as the main basis of your study routine. And then you use the video lectures and the chapters to fill in the gaps in your understanding. When you do need to get a background explanation or you need to understand an overall framework or a concept better, only then do you go back and watch the video lectures. Now that's a very short summary of our study process. So again, at a bare minimum, if this is the first thing you've come across, make sure to sign up for one of those free one-hour trainings where we walk through the ideas behind our study process. But that's the key idea. You spend most of your study time daily doing the things that you're going to be doing on test day. Now, that sounds so obvious to say, but again, what most people spend 80% of their time doing is watching the video lecture from start to finish and then reading the chapter. We have this thing where we want, we feel like we want to understand perfectly the 
entire conceptual picture of a topic before we even look at the practice questions. But the thing that you'll realize, if you haven't realized this, is that you can do that whole process. You can watch the whole lecture, read the whole chapter. You can even feel like you really understand it all. But then when you go to the questions and the practice sims, you will still have to sit there and struggle through the process of how it, the concepts actually work in application, meaning answering questions, filling out practice simulations. It's a totally different skill, I guess I would say, to be able to go from, okay, this is what this lesson is about, but these are the types of questions I'm going to see. So for our purposes, beginning with the end in mind means setting up our daily study process to mirror what we're actually going to be doing on test day. And again, that sounds obvious, but if you look back at your own study process, you probably spend more time messing around with the video lectures and restarting it, rewatching it, looking through the chapter, highlighting the chapter, doing all these things that are very low impact ways of learning. When, again, you can do all that and it's still a different set of skills to take that conceptual understanding and be able to actually answer the questions. Going on to the third habit, which is putting first things first. This one, again, is fairly self-explanatory. It's pretty obvious. When you are actively studying for the CPA exams, I mean, especially if you have an exam day set or a test date set, studying and reviewing is your highest and best use of time, again, outside of your actual job. And also, you know, within reason. If you have an entire family, you obviously, you know, you have to show up for them, spend time with them. But those are the two main things, your work and your relationships. Now, everyone's lives are filled with a lot of other things besides those two things. That might be your favorite shows on Netflix, watching TikTok at night, reading Reddit, all your favorite time wasters as much as possible. And again, the, the thing that I always, or the rhetorical question I ask people is, how bad do you really want to pass these exams? So putting first things first, when you are in the when you are actively in the study process and you have test dates you're actually preparing for, you should put off as many of your time, your favorite time wasters as you can for a few months and spend as much time as you can studying and reviewing. Studying from your phone if you're not able to actually sit in front of your review course all throughout your day instead of you know texting memes back and forth to your friends. Spend that time taking quizzes on the app reading review notes, listening to the audio notes whenever you're in your car, anything you can do to give yourself even the slightest more of an advantage on test day is the highest and best use of your time. Going on to habit number four. Now in the book, this is think win-win. And like I said in the beginning, habits four through six, these are how you kind of deal with other people and improve your work relationships or any relationship really. And so thinking win-win, he's, he's talking about how can you have these interactions with people where it results in a win-win for you and your client or you and your spouse. I mean, what, whatever the case may be, he's talking about relationships. So the example that I will give here is thinking win-win what this would mean to me in terms of the CPA process, here's an example. When we got done with our master's degree, and I'm thinking of the 
I don't know, 100 students. Maybe it was more. I'm not sure. And then I got hired with 12 to 15 of the same people from the master's degree at our firm at my first public accounting job. And there were about half of them that, you know, we start working together each day, going to lunch, working on audits together. And about half of these people, they started saying things like, I'm just so burnt out with school. I'm sick of school. I'm sick of this, you know, studying for things, taking tests. I'm just going to take some time off. And so they kind of, they viewed the CPA process as losing something, like having to study was taking something away from them. I guess that is technically true, but the way I viewed it was the sooner I get these exams over with, the sooner I pass these exams, then it's like my life completely opens back up. It's the last big hoop to jump through. And I wouldn't be able to really take time or take a few months off. That that would have driven me crazy because in my mind it was the only reason I did a master's degree in accounting was to take these exams. So I paid all this money for the bachelor's. You know, at some point you figure out your major. It was accounting for whatever reason. Then you kind of realize, okay, so if you're going into accounting, you pretty much want to get the CPA at some point. So the next thing is you do a master's degree to fulfill the requirements to sit for the exams. So I've done all that. So it made no sense to me to take time off. So that's really what I'm getting at here is it is a win-win for your overall life, your career and your free time and your sanity to get these things over with as soon as possible. And I would say, or I, I do say this all the time, it is so much easier going back to that idea of the all-in commitment. When you fully dedicate yourself to this is all I'm really going to do outside of my work and relationships. I'm, you know, not going to pay attention to football much this year or might even not play fantasy football with my friends this season. Whatever your things are, you put those off for a few months and you just fully embrace the idea that pretty much every spare second I'm going to be studying, constantly reviewing, making sure that I've done whatever is within my power to do to pass my exams on exam day. So the whole process becomes easier when you just fully accept that. You, you make the all-in commitment. So think win-win. Passing your CPA exams, making the full highest level commitment to that process is a win-win for your career, for your relationships, for your free time, for everything else you want to do with the rest of your life. It's obviously in your best interest to get these done as soon as possible. Going on to habit number five, again, in the book, this is dealing with interpersonal relationships. And the habit is seek first to understand. The full habit in the book is seek first to understand before seeking to be understood. So that doesn't really apply to the CPA study process. So here's what, here's the idea I'll give you. One thing I talk about in our newest training videos is you need to capture the understanding from a topic. What I mean by that is, the, again, there's a lot of people putting in time, they're studying, and they're sitting there, they're going through practice questions or watching a lecture, and they see something explained to them or they read an explanation and they kind of think, okay, yeah, that 
I understand that. That makes sense. However, if 30 seconds later they had to out loud actually explain the concept itself that they just thought they understood, they would not be able to. So the idea here is really making sure that you understand concepts or formulas or journal entries, whatever the case may be, you understand things to a point where you can explain it back to yourself. Now, in the context of questions, again, going through practice questions to see what you're really going to be tested on from an entire video lecture or the practice sims the same way, as you go through those and you read explanations, the answers to questions or why a journal entry is what it is, you need to take a second and the thing that will make the biggest difference here is to explain things back to yourself out loud. And I do mean literally sit there at your desk, wherever you study, and you explain things back to yourself in your own words or until you can explain it in your own words. And at that point, that is when you can make your own flashcard and you know you put the definition or the formula or what are the two accounts that are hit for this type of an entry, whatever it is on the front of the flashcard. And then the explanation, you don't just copy word for word the explanation from your review course. The backside of that flashcard should be the explanation that you understand in your own words. And so to simplify what I'm talking about here is it's an entirely different thing to read an explanation, just read it off the page or read it off the screen and think, okay, yeah, that makes sense versus being able to actually explain it to yourself. So those are the, you know, the, the first level is reading it and thinking you understand it. The second level of, of understanding is being able to actually look away from the screen and explain it where you could, from your own mind, explain the, the rule, the concept, the formula, why the journal entry is what it is, whatever it is. And then you take that in your own words and make a flashcard for that. So I refer to that as capturing the understanding of, again, whether it's a formula or a journal entry. So that is habit number five for our purposes. Seek to capture understanding. Not just think you understand, but you make sure that you understand why something is what it is and why accounts work together the way they do or whatever the case may be. Moving on to the sixth habit, which is synergy in the book. And again, this is a dealing with relationships. What he's talking about is people working together in such an effective way that the results they get are greater than the sum of the par of the individual parts. And this idea happens to be directly applicable to the CPA study process. So I like to refer to the study process as a recipe and it has these key ingredients. And each ingredient, each of the key ingredients enhances the others. It improves the overall recipe and the, the final result. But if one of the key ingredients is missing, then the entire recipe takes a huge hit. So an example would be, let's say chocolate chip cookies. There are the key ingredients, right? There's like butter, chocolate chips, flour. You know, those are the absolute basics. If one of those is missing, then the end result isn't even a cookie. There are other things that you can add in like walnuts or 
cinnamon or coconut flakes. If one of those things is missing, it's really not that big of a deal. I mean, you still have a cookie after you bake it. But if one of the key ingredients is missing, then whatever it is you put in the oven, that does not turn into an actual cookie. So the ingredients to a successful CPA study process, or I should say the main ingredients or the key ingredients, first of all, is your main daily study session. And first, you have to make sure that happens. So you have your daily routine set up in such a way that that daily study session happens every single day, no matter what. Number two is that session has to be effective. You can't just be going through the motions you know, pressing play on the video lecture and thinking, okay, the timer's starting. I just have to do this for four hours and then I'm done. It has to be effective what you're doing or you're just wasting your time. You're not accomplishing anything. The third ingredient would be some form of re-review as the days and the weeks go by. My big gripe with the normal way of studying is you try to master each lesson up front, but then you don't look at it for several weeks or even a month or more. And so it's it's obvious why people have so such problems with passing the exams because you spend all this time up front in a little two or three hour burst learning an entire lesson from start to finish. You move on to a hundred other lessons that way and you don't look back or practice all these things you've spent all this time studying until the very end where you, you do a final review and you're supposed to relearn it all. And that obviously doesn't work very well. So the big thing that we teach our customers is you have to have some form of re-review every day as part of your daily process. It's just as important as learning new material. So you spend part of your time moving on to the new lessons, but you also spend part of your time re-reviewing everything you've already studied. And when you do that on a daily basis, that is why our customers get such good results on test day, as long as they followed that advice. And you can't argue with that. That makes a million times more sense to basically split your study time between new material and re-review of old material than it does to go lesson one by one going through hundreds of different topics and you don't look at any of the past stuff you studied until the week before your exam. That makes no sense. The other key ingredient is some form of capturing the understanding, which was the previous habit. And what we teach our clients to do typically is making flashcards. So it's that process of when you come up against a topic or a concept that for whatever reason is, is hard for you to remember or understand, you go through that process of explaining it back to yourself to the point that you can explain it in your own words and then you make a flashcard for that. And by the end of your study process, the last few days before an exam, you have all these flashcards that are your own personal weak areas, but you have understood them to the point where you actually have this explanation and you use your own flashcards to review in those last few days. That makes a huge difference. Now going on to the seventh and final habit, it is sharpening the saw. So the example he gives in the book is if you need to go down and and saw down this tree, chop down a tree, and you just grab your saw that might be rusty, not that sharp. You go out and you just start sawing away at this tree. You know, let's say it takes you six hours or essentially all day. You never stop to sharpen the saw or anything. You just keep going. The sawing gets harder and harder because the saw gets duller and duller. And 
what he's talking about is if you would take five minutes periodically to resharpen the saw, you know, you might chop down the tree in something like two hours or half the time. So to me and the, the CPA study process, this means two things or two ideas come to mind. The first one is sharpening the saw is very similar to the idea I just explained on re-review. You're spending all this time learning new information, learning these new lessons, new concepts, new formulas, journal entries, blah, 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 all this stuff. You should be spending a big portion of your time constantly sharpening your understanding of those things that you're spending all this time on so that you're trying to make sure you're not just wasting your time and you forget it all by test day. So the way that you do this is with re-review. Now, our study tools, the Superfast CPA review notes, the audio notes, and the quizzes, and then our app, they, they all work right inside the app. It is designed to make it extremely simple and quick for you to do that as you go throughout your day. Because everyone has a smartphone. We look at these things. We use these things constantly. Even the busiest people, it's proven, look at their phones one to 200 times a day. And so the idea is simple. You spend a portion of all these little mini sessions, I mean, that's what we call it, little windows of time that you look at your phone constantly throughout the day, and you just replace, while you're working on the exams, you replace Instagram or Reddit or TikTok or texting your friends, whatever it is you do on your phone constantly, you replace, let's say, half of those things or a fourth, a quarter of those instances with reading four or five pages in the review notes listening to the audio notes whenever you're in your car instead of music or podcasts or taking quizzes on the phone, you know, again, between switching between reading the review notes or taking quizzes on the app. And we have made our app in a way that it is literally two taps. There's no options to pick or filter through because what we have found and what you probably found yourself is we know we're fully aware that every review course comes with these really robust apps that you can use. But people end up not using them in all these little two to three minute windows because it takes two to three minutes just to set up a quiz because you have to filter through 20 different options just to set up one quiz. Or, you know, you're not going to pull up an entire video lesson while you have five minutes to walk to the bathroom. But we've made our app in such a way that two taps and you're reading the review notes or two taps and you're listening to the audios or two taps and you're taking a quiz on the given section. And that's what we're talking about here. Sharpening the saw. You are constantly using even these little two to three minute windows throughout your day to just sharpen your understanding, to re-review, to just get a little bit better at all these things you're already spending all this time on trying to learn. So the second idea with sharpening the saw is if you crush each day from the beginning, and I haven't mentioned this yet, but we really encourage our clients to study, do their main study session in the morning. Do whatever it takes to wake up two hours earlier. You know, go to bed sooner. Don't watch TV at night. Again, how bad do you want to pass these things type of idea. But you do your main study session in the morning. That way it's done before you leave the house. It gives you a huge feeling of accomplishment. I mean, it works better because your brain, you're using your brain when it's the freshest before you go and drain it for 12 hours at work and then try to study at night. You don't have to dread your study session all day because it's already done. And you do these little mini sessions from your phone all throughout your day. And by the time you get home in the evening, you have already fit in three or four or five or even six hours of quality study time all added up. 
And then at, at that point, if you've done that, you take the evenings off. So, you know, so you can essentially have a semblance of your normal life back by just getting this done starting from the beginning of your day. Do your main study session in the morning. Do the little mini sessions all throughout the day. You've packed in a ton of quality study time. Take the evenings off to recharge, spend time doing some of your favorite hobbies, whether it's video games or Netflix or whatever it is, whatever is therapeutic to you, you should spend time doing those things. Now, if you think about it, if you just wake up and you have to rush just to get to work and then you kind of dread your study session all day and you work until six or seven or it's six or seven before you get home, you still are staring at three or four hours of sitting in front of your review course. You never have time to relax or recharge. And that is why people get so burnt out and feel like this study process is just so terrible. But if you just do it in reverse, it's a completely different thing. You get the main session done before you leave the house. You do the little mini sessions all throughout your day. And then you have your evenings free and clear to do you know, whatever you would normally do so that you don't feel like you're going insane throughout this process. So those are the seven habits of highly effective CPA candidates. Hopefully you found that helpful. Maybe one idea in that whole thing was helpful, or maybe you thought the whole thing was helpful. I think that painted a coherent picture of how you can make the study process work better for you you know, regardless of strategies or what, what review course you're using. So if you found that helpful, I would just ask two things. Number one, that you share this with someone that is working on their CPA exams. Number two, that you find the podcast in the Apple podcast app or, or wherever you listen to it and just leave a review for the podcast. We, these podcasts are obviously completely free. They take a bunch of time to plan and then record and then edit and publish you know, I think these solo podcasts are helpful, hopefully, but the really helpful ones will be those interviews that we've done and we will continue to do in the future of interviews with candidates who have recently passed their exams just to get their insights on their process, the things they struggled with, the realizations that they made, and then the breakthroughs they had that led to them going from struggling in the beginning to finally passing their exams. So, All that being said, thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.